Good evening, family. So good to see you this evening. And what a blessing it is to share the word with you. Um, I am a prayer warrior. I pray about just about everything. I see a plane going over. I start praying about everybody on the plane, the mama, the daddy. Please let those pilots be sober-minded, Lord. But as you turn the news on, you see what's going on right down the road in South Carolina. Now, Kaylin didn't know I was going to do this, but Kaylin, can you come up? He's one of our youth that are just on fire for the Lord. I want you to come on up. And we're going to pray for those in South Carolina. So if you would just lift a prayer up for them. Amen. Thank you, God. God, we thank you for everything that that you've already done for us, God, and the ways that you provide, God, and and you watch over us, God, and you have your hand on us, God, because we are your children, God. And we thank you for everybody down in South Carolina, God, and we just pray that you would continually have your hand over them, God. We thank you so much for that, God. In Acts, it says that um, it is not for you, us, to know the times of of the Lord, but it's for us to just trust in his ways, God, in your ways, God, and it's for us to rely on your timing and not think about things and try to make them happen ourselves, God, but to just rely on you. So help us to rely on you because we know that you have us. You're such a good daddy and you're so faithful, God. So we thank you again. Amen. Thank you, Kayla. We believe God is mightily providing for those in need in South Carolina. Um, I heard a cute little uh, letter that a couple students were asked in their Christian school to write a letter to God. And the Lord said we're to come to him as little children. So I thought these letters were hilarious. So I thought I'd share a few notes with you. The first, first one was from Mark. He said, dear God, are you really invisible or just hiding because you don't like your clothes? <laughs> these were serious letters from these little kids. This is for Jeremy. Dear God, please make me pretty or handsome because I don't think I'm very smart. (laughs) Dear God, this is from Sally. If dinosaurs were not extinct, we'd all be eaten and dead. So you did the right thing, God. (laughs) This is my favorite. Dear God, I get it. It's hard to love everyone in the world because I can't even love my little sister. Sound like Danny. Struggle is real for Danny. (laughs) They have nothing to do with my message, but I thought it was cute. (laughs) But tonight, my assignment, our assignment is Philippians 2, verses 1 through 11. And I know you have your Bibles because the pastor tells us to read our Bible every day. So I know you have your word with you. If you would turn to Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11 we are going to find our word and our message there tonight. It says, therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, But with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out your own interests or personal interests, but also for the interest of others. 
have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness, likeness excuse me, of men. Being found in an appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even the death on the cross. For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and those on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Lord, we thank you tonight for your precious word that transforms us. Father, we ask that you would open up our understanding, give us revelation and supernatural wisdom to receive your word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you're taking notes, the title of this is Let This Mind Be in You. Now, when I hear let this mind be in you, it tells me it's a choice. I can choose not to let it be in me. So as we're looking here at um, Philippians and Paul writing to Philippi, he was prompted to go there through a vision when he was in Macedonia. And he had a vision of a man pleading for him to go there. So he goes there and he establishes the first church in Europe. And the saints there um, turn out to be very loyal even unto death. At the time, the king was having play or or sport with Christians, and they would actually fill the arena, put Christians in there with live animals, mainly lions, and watch these lions tear these Christians apart. That was entertainment at the time. So you can imagine the persecution that Paul was having to disciple them and mentor them through. Most of our persecution is the alarm goes off and our flesh wants to go back to sleep and the spirit man is saying, get up and read your Bible. Our persecution is we usually have to park way down the way when we really wanted a parking space at the door. Our persecution is usually we haven't gone to the grocery store, not that there's not food available. But I believe in this season and we don't have to look far, we see persecution of Christians rising at a greater level. So Paul was saying to them, as this occurs, you need to have this mind that Christ had. So he said, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Well, what was that mind? It's that he humbled himself. Being in the form of God, he didn't think it was um, right to attain or try to be God in the form of the Father. But he humbled himself, even unto death. You know, we hear the scripture all the time. We've overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And that's usually where we stop. But you know, the rest of that scripture says, and we loved our lives not even unto death. That means if a man is pointing a gun at me and asking me, are you a Christian? There should be no doubt in my mind what answer is going to come out. Now, it's always good in the locker room. We could talk real bad in the locker room because we're amongst our team members. But something happens when we go out on that field. When we don't know what's going to happen in the grocery store or Walmart when we stop on the way home. 
We don't know. But what we do know is what Paul said. To live is with Christ and to die is with Christ. So either way I win. But he was telling them we need to have this mind in us. Well, what is this? I want you to recognize the, the word that is used often in this verse. The same. The same mind. The same spirit. The same love. The same purpose. Now, all of us in this room, we have a mind. All of us in this room, we love. All of us have a spirit of God if we've been born again. And we all have a purpose. But I'm here to tell you tonight, there's a different cadence that God wants us to get to. And it's not just about walking with him. It's walking in cadence with him. Now, I come from a military family. My mother and I are the only ones that weren't in the military. I'm the only girl out of all of our siblings, and everybody was in the military. But I grew up in military principles. I might as well say I was in the military. Sleeping late on a Saturday um, morning was 7 o'clock a.m. All the people in the military say amen. (laughs) But there's a cadence that you see in the military when they walk together. It's left, right, left, right. You all know that cadence. There's a cadence in the spirit prophetically that God is allowing our ear to hear so that we can line up with one another so it's the same. It's the one accord. It's not that we just come to church. It's not just that we tap into the things we like to do. But now God is defining for us what this looks like to have the same mind as Christ. He said, I don't do or say anything that I don't see my father saying and doing. Now, this is Jesus. So he's already setting the example for us of what it looks like to walk in the pleasure and the presence of God. It's to do his will. So let's talk about having the same mind. Romans 8, 6 and 8 says, For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile towards God, for it does not or is not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. How many times have you found yourself in the flesh? Or am I by myself? Now the goal is that I find myself less and less in the flesh until it's disappeared. That's called the sanctification process. It's that I mature in Christ as I'm walking with him and I'm allowing him to correct my behavior and my thinking. So let's talk about this same mind that was in Christ Jesus. He humbled himself. Humility is something the enemy is praying we never get a hold of. He wants us to walk in pride. Why? Pride comes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. So it's a setup when we walk in pride. Now, most of us wouldn't think we're prideful. Go to a, pride, a proudful man, ask him if, is, if he's walking in pride. He'll tell you no. Because it's very blinding. It's a blind spot. But when we decide that our way is better than God's way, that's pride. We've told God we have a better way to figure this out. So Paul is telling them, look, under persecution, you must have the same mind as Christ, that he humbled himself even unto death. So the love that he had for his father and his will, 
gave him the courage and the boldness and the strength and the confidence to stand and be crucified. You know, he could have got up off that cross. He, called, he could have called legions of angels, not just one or two, legions of angels. But he was under the will of God. So to have the same mind of Christ is to humble ourselves and to have the same will as God does. So we need to get acquainted with what God's will is in every situation. There's not one thing we'll ever go through that's not in that word. That's why our pastor says, read your Bible every day. So that when you get into a circumstance, you can respond according to the spirit instead of react according to the flesh. Be slow to speak, quick to hear. What are we trying to hear? Holy Spirit, what are you saying about this? And when I hear the Holy Spirit, I can line up with him then and declare and do what he said to do. So we want to stay from way of, from being carnally minded. Now, it can be as simple as, I'm not going to church today. Some of us only go to church twice a month. When we don't recognize church is not for us. It's for others. We are the church. So when you're absent, a part of the church is absent. And the gifting in you that was supposed to be deployed is not being deployed. We've buried our talent. We've buried our gift. And those coming in out of the world are looking for the church. And the church is not a building. It's a people. So some of you have come to me and you can attest. They'll say, well, you know, I think the church should do this. I say, okay, when are you available? Because if God showed you the need, wakey, wakey, you're on. <laughs> Tell me what time you want to be at the church. We'll make this happen. We are the church. And as a church, we can't be cardinally minded. We have to be spiritually minded. We have to think the way God does, which means we have to get in this word because it's the word that transforms our minds. It's the word that tells us fornication, adultery is wrong, cussing is wrong, talking about your brother is wrong, unforgiveness is wrong. And not just the wrong things, the right things. Righteousness, loving each other the way we're supposed to, being there for your brothers and sisters. So God tells us how to think. And so we have to make sure we have the same mind, not just a mind. If you go through this room and survey all of us, we have a mindset about every topic you could mention. And me and my husband aren't in unity because we agree with each other. Because, I mean, you know, we can be in agreement and be far away from God. True unity and agreement is we get what God is saying and we line up with that. And when we do that, we're automatically in agreement with one another. So church isn't coming in and try to find our comfortable spot. And in our mind, think, well, I, I did this before, so I need to know it's coming in. God, I have this gift. How do you want me to deploy it in this house? To be spiritually minded. Colossians 1.21. And although you were formerly alienated and hostile in your mind, engaged in evil deeds. As I said on Sunday, that's the before picture. We were separated from God, alienated in, in, from him, but hostile in our thinking. We see that today. You don't have to go far. Turn on the news. People are hostile in their thinking. Some of the things people find out and choose to do to people, I just shake my head now. That had to come from the pit of hell. There's nowhere else that could have come from. But that's the before picture. That's all of us void of the spirit. 
Because while we're hostile in mind, our minds are an enmity, an enemy of what God thinks. So we thank God for the blood of Jesus and the transformation that's occurred in every one of us. If not, we would be on the nightly news. So we thank God for his grace and the fact that he lives in us. So we're to, we're to have a, a renewed mind. Our pastor preached from Romans 12 on Sunday. And verse 2 says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that you may prove what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. And we know that perfect means mature, complete. So God calls us to have a maturity in our thinking. He calls us to renew and be transformed. And as our pastor explained about the butterfly, that's not just going from good to great. That's totally changing. And so we have to be pliable in God's hands to be able to be changed in that manner. So the same mind means we have the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you. Now we have to have the same love. This love here is we're familiar with is the unconditional love, benevolent, goodwill. John 13, 34 and 35 reads, a new commandment I give to you. That you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Isn't that deep? Not your gifts, not your preaching, not your singing, not your service, not the miracles. Your love, that's how the world is going to know you. And that's exactly what the enemy has attacked in our church. I have never seen in my life a people that are so ready not to forgive than our society. I'm thinking, you all did that this morning. What are you talking about? The moment somebody messes up, it seems like we just pounce on them. Like nobody has ever made a mistake. I was driving down the road and this man cut me off. I was upset. Didn't put his turn signal on. So I'm mummering under my breath. And the Lord said, you know how many times you change lanes and without your turn signal? I mean, you know, my attitude, let this mind be in you, <laughs> which is also in Christ Jesus. You have a good day. Lord, bless him. Get him safe to where he's going. <laughs> Represent <laughs> the same love. How many times have we offended Christ? How many times have we not spoken to him throughout the whole day? How many times have we only gone to him and called him when we need something? But when somebody does that to us, we get all up in our feelings. We're feeling some kind of way about it. And sometimes you got to taste what you're serving to stop serving it. So when it happens to me, now I repent. I said, Lord, I'm sure I've done this to you one time or another. So Lord, I thank you for telling me what this tastes like. And I'm not going to serve that again. I'm going to be sensitive to your spirit and sensitive since you've told me to love others the way I love myself. That's a deep concept, not just to love myself, but how Christ loves me. Do you know how Christ loves you? The moment you repent, says, come here, like the prodigal son's father. He was waiting, looking for him. And you know what's so deep and hits me in that story? The father didn't recount his wrongs, say, okay, I'm glad you're back, but let's have a seat. Let's go over what you did wrong and promise me you won't do that again. His father had his arms out and just embraced him. 
gave him a coat and a ring and a party. But when people offend us, we want to have the nightly news. We want to have the rundown. We want everybody to know how we're hurt. And I'm so glad Jesus doesn't do that to us. He said love covers a multitude of sin. The same love that he's loved us with, we now get to turn around and have the privilege to express that. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. To side with someone is part of what this love is. It's the brotherly love. Let brotherly love continue. That tells me it's a possibility it won't. It's up to us. And I believe this is a practice field because we all love God here. And we're, we wouldn't be here if we just, especially on a Wednesday night. Sunday I get. <laughs> but Wednesday night, we can have all kinds of reasons why we can't be here. So we're here because we love God. We want to get closer to him and learn more about him. We want to be a community. And as we're doing that, we need to understand that brotherly love needs to continue. The prayer team, we were praying on the line the other day and we were talking about forgiveness. One of the things the enemy always tries to get us with is unforgiveness. Just don't forgive. And Joseph... If anybody had a right to be offended with his brothers, it was Joseph. But you know what he said to me, to them? Excuse me. He said, please come close. When we're walking in unforgiveness, we don't want that person close. You go that way, I'll go this way. You sit there, I'll sit there. That's not God's heart. Let this mind be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus. Let brotherly love continue so that the world will know that we are his. We get the privilege to be kingdom citizens and to show them what the kingdom of God looks like. As we say in our, uh, my husband and I have the privilege to lead the marriage ministry. And we sit down with many couples. And the rule is the first one to the cross wins. That's who wins. Not trying to figure out who started the argument, who started the fire, who's the arsonist, doesn't matter. The first one to the cross wins. We want to have this mind in us that was also in Christ Jesus. Then he talks about going on and having the same spirit. This word here in the Greek is made up of two words, actually. And it's the same Greek, or excuse me, English word for symphony. It's the harmony that needs to occur. Aren't you glad our praise team is skillful? Like the piano's not playing something different than the drums. And the drums isn't playing something than the bass. And the saxophone is over here having his own little party. Now they're all playing, but they're not harmonizing. They're not in unity. So this same spirit has that picture of harmony. Harmony. Getting along. Singing the same tune. I love the, the uh, definition of symphony. Anything characterized by a harmonious combination of elements, especially an effective combination of colors. That is the definition of symphony. I'm going to read that again. Anything characterized by a harmonious combination of elements, especially an effective combination 
of colors. Ebony and ivory living together in harmony. <laughs> Hallelujah. Dating myself, aren't I? Some of y'all got that. The rest of you, you'll get it on the way home. But that's harmony. And I'm so glad our pastor prayed the prayer, Lord, give me a church that looks like heaven. Because we get to show the world what it looks like to live in harmony. And I'm here to tell you, you can't do that without the conductor. Jesus is the one that creates the tune. We line up with what he's doing. Now, all this sounds good. It sounds spiritual. And we're all like, okay, Pastor Nell, it looks good. But I'm here to keep it real tonight. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to comb through our attitudes, comb through our actions to make sure they're lining up with the same mind, not just a mind, the same mind, because that's the cadence he's calling the church to walk in in this hour. We are being assembled as an army and that army must have the same cadence. We must be on the same foot that Jesus is. And so I want God to get up in my grill, so to speak. And I want him to fix anything that's not like him. Because church, we don't have time to play anymore. We can't play church. One of my favorite gospel artists, she's singing, telling a story in a song. And her and her sisters used to get out in the backyard and play church. And they used to get in trouble. She used to be out there jumping up and down saying, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And her mom said, do that again and you're going to get a spanking. So she sure enough went out there again and started doing it. And so her sister ran in and said to mom, she's out there playing church again. So her mom looked out the window and this young girl was jumping up and down with tears running down her face, screaming Jesus. And the mother said she ain't playing no more. Something needs to wake us up on the inside. Something. Jesus needs to wake us up that it spears us on to do what he's called us to do. That it's not a comfortable Christianity that we're looking for. It's not if there's enough money in my account, I'll give. It's not if I feel like going to church, I'll go. It's not that, Lord, I don't want to deal with this person. You do it. It's God, whatever you would have me to do, I am yours, Lord. I'm willing to walk and do what you've called me to do. So when Sister Sandpaper sitting next to you is a test of the emergency spiritual systems, it's only a test. Pass the test. Because if you don't, you're going to have to take it again, and there are going to be three Sister Sandpapers. So just deal with the one. Because how do you know if you can love unconditionally if you've never been tested? I heard the question, somebody prayed for patience. They said, does God give you patience or does he put you in circumstances to, so you can learn patience? Sometimes we're asking for things, but we don't know how they're going to come. So when they come, we're like manna. You know, manna means what is it? So they asked God for provisions. They were looking on the ground saying, what is it? It's what you asked for. So we want eyes to see what God is doing in this realm. And in order to do that, let this mind be in you. Same purpose. Now that word purpose there is to direct one's mind to a thing, to seek to strive for, to seek one's interest or advantage, 
to be of one's party, to side with him in public affairs. Are you siding with God in public affairs? And public starts right in your residence. From Jerusalem all the way to the uttermost parts of the earth. Do you have those heated discussions with your spouse and then come in, praise the Lord. Because you know we can put that mask on quickly. Not that we come and say, no, I'm not good. I just fought with my wife. Fought with my husband. But I'm talking about the spirit of how we operate. Are we kingdom citizens representing Christ well? Let this purpose be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. And in, within this purpose also it means to understand and to be wise. Now you know I'm always saying wisdom is my sister. I get up every day and I declare that. Wisdom is my sister. Understanding is my intimate kinsman. Lord, if you don't give me wisdom, I'm not going to know what to do. Because it's not just about the do. It's did we do it God's way. I wholeheartedly believe when we get to heaven, we're not just going to have a list. I did this, 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 this and for you, Lord. He's going to have a list. He says, did you do this? Did you do this? Because those steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. So we need wisdom and understanding every day of God. What are you calling me to do today? So that I can be in cadence, in step with you. Ephesians 5, 15 and 18. Therefore, be careful how you walk. Not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is and do not get drunk with wine for that is um, dispensation, which means mental distraction, amusement or diversion. Isn't that what our world is today? Mental distraction amusement and diversion. We have to be very careful with the amusement that we see in this hour because we live in an entertainment society. Even when we come to church, we want to be entertained. If the music's not right, if the preaching's not right, we get upset. I remember one church I went to, I hate to admit this, but it is what it is. I would only like to go on the third Sunday because that was the youth choir. See, I was really there for the youth choir. I didn't want the old people choir. I didn't want the men's choir. <laughs> so I was choosing churches according to their choir. But the steps of a righteous man are ordered because it is God who places the members in the body. So we want to be careful of this dissipation, this mental distraction, amusement, diversions. Do not get distracted in this hour. Be disciplined in the spirit realm. Read your Bible, pray, seek God, walk with him. Be vigilant about what you let your eyes see, your ears hear, your mouth gate, what you say. Be very careful because every moment counts. The days are evil. Colossians 1.16 reads, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all three things, excuse me, were created through him and for him. Everybody say for him. Doesn't say for us. So as we continue to have this mind in us that was in Jesus, we recognize we're about the father's business. Isn't that what Jesus said to his mother when he was lost? Well, he wasn't lost. He knew exactly where he was. They didn't know where he was. And he said, didn't you know I would be about my father's business? 
That's what we're about, our father's business. We need to strive and labor to do these things. We don't work for the temporal things. It's the eternal things. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. So as we stand to our feet tonight, I want to declare a prayer over you of same. Because we have these elements I spoke about. But what we're after is the cadence of same. Let this mind be in you, the same mind that was in Christ Jesus, who humbled himself, who was obedient even unto death. Father, I thank you. Just prophetically, I just sense there's a tug of war in the spirit going on. Father, one minute, minute we feel your presence in your hand, and the next it feels like we're being tugged away from you. But Father, I thank you for the Holy Spirit that lives in us, that empowers us to have the same the same mind as you, the same love, the same spirit, the same purpose. Father, tonight I declare and decree, Lord, that we are a people that are walking in cadence with you. Lord, that we are being led by the spirit and not the flesh. That every assignment that's been dispatched against us is canceled right now in the name of Jesus. Father, that we are filled and controlled by your Holy Spirit. Lord, that we will be obedient even unto death. Even as Paul said, to live is gain, to die is gain, because we'll be with you. Father, give us the wisdom in this hour of persecution. And we pray for our brothers and sisters who are enduring great tragedies and persecution. We pray your encouragement and courage over them. That, Lord, they'll be able to stand the test. Lord, that they'll be able to declare and decree that you are their God. Even as the scripture said, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. Lord, we thank you for our confession. Lord, help us not to throw our confidence away. But know we are mighty through you. We thank you for the same heart that you have. We declare and decree a spirit of humility over us. That we will stay far away from pride. We will love correction. Lord, we will pray. We will turn from our wicked ways. We thank you for, for hearing from heaven and healing our land. Father, we thank you that you love us the way you do. And we, even as we sung earlier, we stand secure because you love us. Lord, we pray your protection, that you would keep us. And even as you said to Peter, Satan desires to sift you like wheat. And my prayer is that your faith does not fail. I declare that over this congregation, that our faith will not fail. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.